back to the Hollis Guy podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And we are back. Another wonderful Monday morning. Hoping to get this work week kicked off on the right foot for all of our hollow cult out there. Uh, Kyle's coming in hot with a new case today. I'm super stoked. See what Kyle's bringing to the table. It's going to be pretty awesome. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, before we get to that, we got to get through the business. So check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and you will find us there. Uh, big important news. If you are interested, make sure you pick up your tickets to 40 and Airwaves. That is October 6th, 7th, and 8th, located at the Inn at Ohio Northern University. That is in Ada, Ohio. There'll be live, a live podcast, podcast panels, meet and greets. Sunday, we will provide you with a scrumptious pancake dinner. The $50 covers all three days. There will be a cash bar there. There is um, rooming and board on site. If you pick up your tickets, uh, follow the QR code that we've posted in all the socials. It'll take you there, show you how to uh, pick up your tickets, how to book your room and whatnot. But definitely check it out. If this thing's a success, it will uh, hopefully turn into a yearly, maybe bi-yearly thing. We're going to see how this one goes. It'll be us, The Uncomfortable Podcast, Kill the Mockingbird, Appalachian Intelligence, Cryptids of the Corn, and The Bump Podcast. We'll all be there. We'll have goodies for you all, merch to sell, all sorts of good stuff. It should be a really cool time. Again, it's $50, a ticket for the entire weekend. And it is October 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Inn in Ohio, Northern University, Ada, Ohio. That is the Fortean Airwaves Podcast Conference. Definitely check it out. If you have a submission of a paranormal or unexplained encounter you'd like for us to feature on a future show, Kyle's got some deets for you. You can write your story out and shoot it over the email, which is going to be Podcast at gmail.com. You can also record yourself and send it to the same place. Uh, you can call or text the holophone, which is going to be 1618-556-0837. Uh, if you'd like to send us anything, anything weird, anything cool, whatever you got, you can also mail that to us at P.O. Box 145, Field in Illinois, 62031. All this information is going to be in the show notes if you forget or cannot currently write it down send us creepy shit if you'd like to support the show there's plenty of ways to do it we have a patreon go over there and check that out that's just extra goodies extra episodes extra content go over there and check it we have our store up and running now hollowskypodcast.com go peep it we got a new shirt there after the conference the last couple of weeks uh, i just got a new batch of stickers updated kyle's gonna pop them on there soon um, should be cool. Go buy some stuff. Rep the hollow, hollow cult. Keep spreading the word. We have a Venmo. If you want to pop some pocket change in there for our bad habits, we appreciate that as well. Best thing you can do as a hollow cult member is spread the word, word of mouth, uh, share the show wherever you can, social media, uh, to all your friends. We're going on a campaign to try to, uh, kind of boost the show a little bit here. So any help from the Holocult members is much appreciated and much needed. You can also go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. 
The five stars help uh, push us up through the sea of other podcasts and make us more noticeable when people are out searching for creepy shit. Uh, today is the best one star review we've ever gotten. I'm sure this is a mistake, but I have to read it anyway because it's awesome. This comes to us from our friend Brooke Bailey. Brooke says, my go-to nightly pod, one star. Bedtime pod, easy listening, keeps me hooked until I'm in dreamland. I save all the ones that need extra attention for when I'm working. My fellow blue-collar guys, keep it up. You got big fans out here. Brooke, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for the kind words. We know this probably wasn't supposed to be a one star, but the the message was there and we had to share it. So thank you so much for tuning in. Keep trucking out there. We know how the blue collar life is, so we're we feel you. We feel you. For sure. And thank you once again for leaving a review. We really appreciate it. We always appreciate hearing the kind words that everybody has to share for us. So definitely boosts the spirits. Yeah, absolutely. From there, we're going to move on to our listener submission of the day. Comes to us from the the uh, website where you can also submit your stories from our friend Tom. Tom says, when my wife was pregnant with my daughter and started having contractions, we went to the hospital. Once there, they said the baby was losing its pulse beat and we needed to make a decision right away to have an emergency C-section. We chose to have it. They prepped my wife and gave me a gown and a mask to wear. The nurse called me into the operating room where they were about to begin. There was a doctor and a couple nurses and an assistant working on my wife. It was then that I had a strange feeling of stage fright, almost like there was an audience watching. That's the best way that I can describe it. Then the doctor pulled my daughter free and cut the cord and handed her to me. My daughter didn't cry, but she looked right into my eyes, and in that moment, the walls of the room and then the floor started to disappear. I wasn't passing out, but everything started to turn black. Now, it's going to sound crazy, but this is the truth. I saw in my mind's eye gears turning and what looked like the cosmos with the stars in the background. And as suddenly as it started, I was back to holding my daughter and staring into her eyes. I then cut the umbilical cord and watched the nurses weigh her. I hadn't been drinking or using drugs, and it felt like an out-of-body experience to me. She's 10 years old now, and I have a 4-year-old son, too. Nothing like that has happened to me before or since. It was the strangest, most powerful thing I'd ever seen, and I will always remember it. I love the show. Please keep up the good work and pound in the monsters. Tom from Pennsylvania. Tom, thank you so much for submitting your story. Uh, dude, I, I... Over here unlocking the cosmos. Yeah. I think I can speak for everyone that's had a child that it is probably one of the most profound and intense and powerful uh, moments you can be a part of. I know that it's different for men and women, but I was there when both of my uh, boys were born. And it really, it really does feel like nothing else in the world it matters or is happening. It's it's an undescribable moment. I think. Oh, I agree. Um, it really makes me wonder about the vision you had at the same time with the gears turning and the. The stars, it's all, dude, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know. It's like this whole cosmic answer. Like, it's almost like you, you got to watch the cosmos do what it does. 
you know what I mean? Like everything aligned in that, that single moment of creation right there for you. Right. If that makes sense. Cause that's what for us and, and, and being a human, that's almost like the pinnacle of, of you being a human is uh, creation, which is kind of fucking weird if you think about it because you looked at the at the cosmos, the gears turning almost yeah. like creation itself. It also takes me down a path like of the theory we have been talking about loosely of uh, soul recycling. Yeah. Once, once your daughter came into the world, it's like something beyond us almost like maybe it assigned a soul, assigned a soul to her and the gears turning were like here here we go it's almost like like a factory system like we have yeah, we like have putting a, a quarter in the bubblegum machine yeah. and turning it and we have a new life this life needs a soul boom 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 i don't know brother that's 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 deep it is deep when i you, like it when you roll down when you roll down those paths i'm excited to hear what the rest of the holocult think about uh, the experience or if anyone has had something similar um, when being present at the birth of their children. I, I definitely did not have that. Uh, but I can tell you, like Steve said, it's, it's one of the most magical moments of your lifetime. Uh, it's, it's, you can't, you, you just can't put words to it at all. You just can't. It's super special. I'm the same. I, you can try to explain it, but if I'm, it's just one of those things, like if you haven't experienced it, you can't really explain it yeah. in a way that people will understand. It's, I don't know. It's deep, but I, I, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what everybody thinks, how those two things link together. Definitely an awesome submission. Yes. And shout out to your kids. Hope they're doing well, brother. For sure. Thank you for submitting. Now, on to Kyle's oddities. case. It better not be aliens because people are sick of hearing about it. It's definitely not aliens. Great. It's, it's like a, I was thinking about it while you were kind of talking earlier, which I have a bad habit of doing. Um, ADHD. Yeah. It's like a triple-edged sword. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right? So it's... It's definitely not fucking aliens because I know by comments and concerns uh, you're tired of aliens. Uh, <laughs> it's not I like also, it's a, not like it's a big deal right now or anything. Right. Sorry for um, sorry for riding that wave. Also, it's like dumping fire or gasoline on some people's fire because we've also been picked apart about. I can't believe these guys believe this shit. Blah, blah, blah. So we have that going for us too. <laughs> My uh, my Santa Claus episode that I thought everybody <laughs> would think was really cool because it's Christmas and shit. Nah. I have never gotten so much hate on an episode yeah. than that. Uh, which which I, I can't wait to release part two this Christmas because fuck you, it's my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, it's a cool topic, so that's why I chose it. Uh, it's really random, too, in my selection of this. But... Like I said, definitely not aliens. It's a world that me and Steve have not dipped our toes into yet. Perfect. But it is without a doubt super interesting, just like anything else in this this genre, this this world that we live. 
And we are going to be diving into the world of vampires. Thank God. Right? I mean, it's just kind of ironic because I was keeping this story hidden from Steve because I did not. I wanted to just straight up blindside him with it. But he sent me a picture of a bunch of books that he bought the other day. And <laughs> vampires was in it. And I so I had to tell him. I'm like, no fucking way. Like, I wrote my episode on vampires. And because it's it's a lore that we all know. It's it fascinates people to no end. But apparently the vampires that we all think of were actually born in the 18th century Transylvania area. And we we do hear that a lot, you know, when you do think of vampires and their origins, a lot of people think Transylvania. Vlad and Exactly. And I I bring that up later on, but those are those are actually believe it or not, those are topics I want to avoid when I'm doing my research. I did not because you see Vlad the Impaler come up. Uh, you see the I forget her name. I'll I'll read it off later. But the queen who bathes in blood and Bathroy. Yeah. So you, but the, those are so common, and I'm like, I'm not trying to fuck with these. Like these these are just atypical. And there's so many for the genre. Yeah, there's so many tropes like with Dracula and exactly the sunlight and garlic and exactly. holy water and wearing capes and all this. Shit. Yes. Yes. Precisely. All this shit. But so I was trying to find some of the earlier origins and trying to find encounters and all types of shit. And this is what I was able to stumble across. Um, It seems that most of the lore surrounding these creatures indicates that they were actually revenants of evil beings. And this is I'm talking early lore of vampires, not not the current ones of yet. We haven't gotten there. These are early ones. So they're 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 saying that they are revenants of evil beings, suicide victims, or witches, which is interesting because you you look at skinwalkers and stuff, they are directly linked to witches. Um they can also be created by a I get into that ironically enough. Um they can also be created by a malevolent spirit that is able to possess a corpse or a living person, which also ties to Wendigos because Wendigos have that, uh, I forget what they call it. It's like a Wendigo fever type of thing where the Wendigo spirit will possess someone and then uh, madden them where they will start attacking and consuming people. Didn't we, didn't we have uh an episode where they talked about that. I don't know if it was skinwalkers or what it was, but they talked about corpse dust. Yeah. That they would uh, blow into the face and they would cause a, a maddening yeah. effect. Right. Um, ironically Something enough, like in some areas, the lure was so thick that it created a quote unquote mass hysteria situation, which would lead to public executions which all you know further reminds you of the Salem witch trials. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, like I said, it, it it's interesting. Just just diving into the, all of this, uh, you have the Persians, and supposedly they could have been one of the first civilizations to have legends of these beings. 
they have images from excavated pottery shards that would depict creatures taking blood from men. Ancient Babylonia had tales of Lilithu, which would pave the way for Lilith and her daughters. The Lilu, which comes from Hebrew demonology. Lilith was a demon that would drink the blood of babies. She was said to be Adam's first wife. Then would essentially divorce Adam to become the queen of all demons. Uh, in India, you have the Vitalis, a ghoul-like creature that would inhabit corpses. These are actually found in Sanskrit folklore. One story tells of a king that went to try to hunt one, claiming that these creatures would hang upside down on trees found on cremation grounds or uh, cemeteries. The That's terrifying. Right? And, like, you got to think, like, that's in Sanskrit. That's old as fuck. It's terrifying. Then you have the Aluka, or leech, and the Motet's Dam, which translates to bloodsucker. From, and I apologize if I'm annihilating these, which I probably am. <laughs> they will let us know. Right. Um, I, I suck at talking and <laughs> writing, so sue me. Um, but these would come from Hebrew tales that refer to a creature that is a living human being that can shape change into a wolf. It could also fly by releasing its long hair, but would eventually die if it could not feed on blood. And you take, so you look back through all of this, and you can almost tell that the 18th century versions of vampires have more or less like cherry-picked from a lot of these different religions, right? Because you just, we just had that one that uh, it hangs upside down from trees. Well, in some de depictions of vampires, they hang upside down, yep. right? And then you have the shape changing into a wolf. Well, that could be shape changing into a bat, which also further would tie to like skinwalkers and stuff like that, being able to shape shift. Um, once again, Lilith is mentioned in Central Europe Jewish teachings, saying she was able to transform into a cat and trick her victims into thinking she was benevolent, which Lilith and her daughters would then strangle the victims. Now, that doesn't directly tie to the blood-sucking trope, but it does... They kind of correlate it because it deals with the, the strangulation of the neck. It's The damage is focused on the neck. Then you have the 17th to 18th century Kabbalah document that was found and would tell of two amulets, one for male and one for female. The invocations on the ambulance mention Adam and Eve and Lilith and a handful of angels that I'm not even going to attempt to speak their names because I would just annihilate them. They were f ridiculous. But you have, so you have Adam, Eve, and Lilith and a few different angels. However, a few lines in Yiddish would tell of a conversation between Lilith and the prophet Elijah saying, she has come with a host of demons to kill the mother 
take her newborn and drink her blood, suck her ones and eat her flesh. But also goes on to tell Elijah she would lose her powers if someone was able to use her secret names. It's kind of a weird little story there. And and I'm assuming it has to deal with these these amulets. But once again, it, it... it depicts Lilith as as a vampire, more or less. You know, drinking the blood yeah, of the yeah. youth. That's a, I, I'm just sitting here, kind of looking through the old, old school vampire shit, and I'm finding so many vampire burials, like legit. <clears throat> this one was uh, a 35 to 40 year old male from the 13th or 14th century. Um, the ancient skeleton identified as a 35 to 40 year old male, uh, is only the second ever found with a spike driven near its heart in this way. One after another from the South town of Sozopol, Bulgaria. Um, I found another one. Uh, it is from, there's a 1400 year old vampire burial, had spikes driven through its shoulders, heart, ankles, and has been discovered in Britain. Uh, there was one of a female vampire from Poland. This was uh, dug up not too many years ago at an archaeological site. This is the 17th century, so kind of in the same area we are now. She had a sickle placed over her throat where if she were to, were to raise ra- up. Raise. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It's wild. There was another one uh, around the same time period in Poland. They found uh, 450 headless bodies that had been decapitated because they thought that they were vampires. Well, they, like I, I spoke on earlier, they talked about a mass hysteria situation yeah. where people really reacted to this stuff. Yeah, 400. That, that's that's a, no joke. A lot of fucking people. Um, so it was, I, I often wonder when you're telling these tales, uh, these old, old ones, something had to elicit fear into these people. Like they had to see something essentially hanging from the trees Absolutely, to develop a fear of something hanging from the trees. And I was able to find some stories that kind of depict that to a degree, but I don't know, man, it's super interesting. So there was another story found in the Sefer Hazadim, 1465, that tells of a old vampire named Astria who would use her hair to drain the blood of her victims. You also have more uh, demonic connections involving the daughter of Asmodea who would seek revenge on a man who betrayed her, snatching his breath, which to some would indicate a fatal kiss of a vampire. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's essentially depleting your life force, which, exactly. which uh, is also essentially blood. But then you hear all of these things, uh, like especially now, energy vampires. Yes. And uh, See, I found a whole big snippet on that, too. I didn't really include that into, into the the research because I wanted to focus more on the 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 old school yeah. lore around this. But I did I did find and read articles about the new age vampires and yeah a lot of them have switched to the the energy vampirism like side of it evolved to where they don't have to drink your blood they can essentially but these are also like 
by all accounts, normal everyday people who yeah. want to be vampires. And they live, like, I guess they're all over the country. There are little uh, covenants of them here and there. And they're, the guy who was found, finding them was like, you would never believe that some of these people live, like, they look like normal everyday people. I've, I've, not to stray away off, but I've got this book. I haven't read it yet. And it's about this detective who was looking into these vampires of, Louisiana or it was this whole band of people that claimed to be vampires or drinking blood and all this shit. And she thought that they were up to even more nefarious stuff. So she was kind of trying to infiltrate it and uh, bust them. And she ended up completely disappearing. That's crazy. I actually have some stories like that out of new, or- <laughs> new Orleans. Um, but you go to the, the 18th century vampire sightings in Southeast Eastern Europe and Transylvania. They called this the quote-unquote mass hysteria situation. The panic would apparently begin with an outbreak of vampire attacks in East Prussia in 1721 and in the Habsburg monarchy from 1725 to 1734, which would then spread from there. Some of the first officially recorded vampire attack stories would involve Peter Balagovich, a Serbia native that passed at the age of 62, but would soon return asking his son for food. The son went on to refuse and was actually found dead the following day. Blagovic would return and attack his neighbors that reportedly died from blood loss. Weird. Right? Weird. How shitty would that be? Nah, bro, I ain't got a snack. Like, you open your door, and it's your deceased father a couple days later, and he's like, can I have some food? Uh, You're like, uh, (laughs) no. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Bob's. Like, I'm just kind of envisioning this. Like, it would be the old school trope of, like, if you don't give them permission, they can't come into your house. But I I just envision this young dude, like, probably our age or smidge younger, just being like, Nah, fam. No. And then shutting the door on him, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's it. I'm killing your fucking neighbors. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it is kind of a funny, like, uh, depiction if you if you really sit and toss it around. R.I.P. to everyone that's killed by a vampire. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, at least you didn't, it, it could be worse ways of going out. Let's put it that way. Um, another case involving Arnold Poli a soldier turned farmer who was rumored to have survived a vampire attack. But after he died, people in the surrounding area began, began to die. The town would then conclude that Poli had returned from the grave to feed on everyone. Believe it or not, in these two cases, it would prompt government officials becoming involved in the case and actually moving forward with examining the bodies. Oh, I love it. With full case reports and later publishing books on this case. I love it. But later scholars would confirm that these quote-unquote vampires did not exist. Wasn't there an X-Files episode? Uh, Where they exhumed a body they thought was a vampire? Probably. But check this out. So scholars later on would come forward and say the vampires do not exist. Of course. What actually happened... They would blame this on two things, premature burial or rabies. 
That was their conclusions. What? In my opinion, that's as good of an explanation as it was a weather balloon. What? Yeah. The okay. What? That's where I'm at. Like I do know that they they did have habits of premature burials back in the day. That's where the phrase "saved by the bell" comes from. Yeah, but people don't come back and eat their fucking neighbors. No, exactly, exactly. And I think if I remember right, it had to do with the glass that you poured whiskey in, like them crystal things. Like I think there was poison in it or something. I don't know, but it would make people appear dead. They weren't actually dead. They'd fucking bury them. And then they would wake up in the casket. They would find claw marks on the inside of the caskets. And so because of this, they started tying yeah. a bell to their feet. Anyways. that's And so the opposite end of that is rabies. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I get, I, okay, I get, I get that they're trying to cover both ends of the spectrum here. Uh, the dead returning and... Uh, essentially people attacking other people, but for that to be an explanation specifically to this case where they said, dude, returned and then attacked people, he would not only have to have rabies, but he would also have to be buried prematurely. Well, imagine digging yourself out of even three feet. The odds of that fucking suck are (coughs) just terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like astronomical that you not only have gotten rabies but you were also essentially buried alive that you came back out of you dug yourself up and then you attacked your neighbors yeah you would think that you would be far less pissed yeah like i I don't i don't envision myself being that fucking mad where i just go kill all my neighbors because i was buried early Think you're like, oh, thank goodness I woke up and I'm not gonna suffocate here. And you dig yourself out and you're like, shit, I also have rabies. Might as well attack everybody. <laughs> oh, it's what awesome. A shitty explanation. Uh you had and then moving moving away from that, you have the striga, I think I'm I think that's right, I don't know, from Albania. And it's a vamp vampiric witch that would suck the blood of infants and this witch could turn into a moth fly or bee that's a hundred times worse right infinitely worse and there's there's just there's it seems that there's like a a a little bit of a narrative where when it comes to drinking the blood of babies (laughs) you, you kind of this has been a little bit of a thing um She's often pictured as a woman with a hateful stare, sometimes wearing a cap and having a disfigured face. Edith Durham recorded methods for defending yourself from the striga. A cross made of pig bone could be placed at the entrance of church on Easter Sunday, which would then trap the striga inside. From there you could capture and dispatch the creatures. Or supposedly, after the striga feeds, it would go off into the woods to puke up the blood. So if you took a silver coin and soaked it in the blood, then wrapped it in cloth, you could then turn that into an amulet, which would offer you protection from these creatures. That's so awesome. Right? I thought the same thing when I was reading it. I'm like, I love the old fucking lore 
So dope. That would manifest from this thing. I'm not I'm not so much into the whole pig cross thing. That's kind of weird. And doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the 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 coin soaked in the blood, it just sounds fucking cool. It's also kind of funny that the trigger would feed on people and then decide to have a, an eating disorder and venture off into the woods and puke it all <laughs> up. Like, uh. Yeah. It just it kind of seems counterproductive, more or less, to do that. Um, now we move forward to a reference to reference a possible connection to a ridiculously lame movie <laughs> that everyone probably knows about, the Twilight series. Uh, right? Womp womp. I always made fun of them. I mean, the movies suck, so I apologize if you like them. <laughs> um, but it's always it was always super fucking cheesy to me that they made these vampires sparkle when they were in the light or whatever. It's just dumb, right? It's the worst. It's it's the worst. It's like no, you you just caught a dude who's been at the strip club all night. That's all you did. It takes away from the scariness, right? But check this out. I actually found a case that correlates it. So. I'm not giving them credit that they did their research. Probably not. I just refuse. But there was a case in Bulgaria. It was said that these ghost-like creatures would rise from their graves. In the early stages, the vampire would only be faintly or would only faintly be seen by the human eye. So it starts out as almost like a specter. However, during the night, they would give off a sparkling feature. Like it would have these like almost like cracks of electricity that would run through it. In 1863, a village in the Kokoi. Nailed it. Yes. It was terrorized by a group of young, quote unquote, sparkling vampires. They would attack the villagers or if they couldn't, attack the villagers they would just sit outside your house and scream all night long <laughs> and this is this is even better Bunch of sometimes dicks. oh it gets worse <laughs> hey hollow cult the weather's getting nice and you know what that means it's cryptid hunting season and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear that's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis boots when you're out hunting the dogman or stalking chupacabra you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, Regular leather boots, they they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair. Of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. 
How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So not only do you have that mass annoyance, but if you went outside to confront them, or no, they didn't they didn't throw it at you. Sometimes to be dicks, which would piss people off, I guarantee it, they would throw cow poop at pictures of saints. <laughs> what? So they're a little oh. they're just little fucking hooligans. Just little heathens. Yeah. So <laughs> And at, at this point, that would that would be my luck. Like I wouldn't have to deal. You just get with, hit in the face with cow poop. I wouldn't have to deal with like legit vampires. I get the little assholes who just scream outside my window and throw cow shit at me. Right. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> but at this point, the vampires have not taken a physical form, but they could still be seen. It seems like they would only be seen as pricks that but sparkling through the streets so that is i mean that is kind of that has a certain creepy ambience about it oh for sure just seeing the like the reflection of something moving through yeah is way way creepier it's kind of it kind of reminds you of them like recent videos of where you see like like a glimmer man. Yeah, or uh, you saw like the trail cam footage of like these entities yeah. walking through. It kind of yeah. reminds you of that a little bit. Way creepier than just some shirtless dude with stripper glitter on him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so See, I, can, I can fuck with that. That would uh, that would creep me out. If I look out, oh, we look sure. out at the dead end road that I live on, and we look down at the crack house. And there's just some glitter reflecting in the streetlight from up the street. Yeah, it's moving towards us. Yeah. It's going to creep me out. That would creep me out. For sure. Absolutely. Um, but apparently, to mitigate this problem, there was an old witch from the village who went into the cemetery and found out that these entities were coming from uh, holes in the heads, in the, in the, Tombstones. The witch went on. Yeah. The witch went went on to seal the holes, and the people of the village never experienced the vampires again. That's so awesome. Isn't that crazy? Dude, I love I love the I don't even know if you can call it folklore because I mean you you, there almost has to be an essence of of truth and shit behind it, you know? There had to have been something. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It it is kind of weird. Um, the only, I mean, it, it's a cool story. Don't get me wrong. The only the only thing that I don't fully understand is the connection to the actual vampire in this case, particularly. How they how they go from like, hey, these little assholes are just screaming and throwing shit to them being a vampire. Yeah, because they're. By what I was able to find... Maybe she got to him before they fully transformed. That's what I'm kind of uh, putting together. So there, But the, the, that means that there has to be 
uh, legit more lore yeah behind this story like you would have had more of more lore of encounters you know what i mean like yeah. this was just like a a one off because encounter the, that they had because the desecrating the photos of the, or pictures of the saints and shit kind of lead in down that path of the the demonic yeah, aspect well, absolutely of it. absolutely absolutely it just seems like the old the old town which sealed it off saved the day yeah essentially before it turned into some some sort of big deal which in in theory they had to know that there had to have been other encounters to where they know like oh shit this is getting ready to turn bad because it's happened before we know right. we know or we hey, heard about over in yeah. in Steve's town that this shit happened so they're nighttime yelling they're shit slinging they're sparkling we know <laughs> we got about 3 weeks before this shit turns bad yeah we got to put it into it now yeah um there was another ancient story that deals with the monks of Melrose Abbey the town had a chaplain who was apparently fond of all types of sin. He <laughs> my guy. <laughs> he would go on to pass and apparently his soul couldn't find peace, so it returned. That'll do it. Upon returning as a revenant, he drank blood of the innocent and would change into a bat. The villagers went to this this elder monk asking for his help. Once the monk figured out they were dealing with a true vampire, they decided to rally some people and go to the cemetery first thing in the morning. When they dug up the grave, they found the priest laying there with a more or less shitting grin on his face with blood dripping from his lips. They removed the body and burnt it immediately. After doing this, the villagers never had an issue with the beast ever again. There was a few other reports that I was able to find. And these are very, uh, they're short and sweet. They're very just like, it's almost like somebody was logging encounters. I love it. So there's one in the Blair Athol, however you fucking say it. In the early 20th century, a pair of poachers were in a bothy, which is essentially like a cabin. Anyways, they report being attacked by a creature that would end up drinking blood from one of the men. They were able to fight the creature off, and it flew away. There was another encounter in Croglin in 1875. A young girl was attacked by a vampire. One of her brothers actually witnessed this and shot the creature in the leg. They followed the blood trail, which led to the local cemetery, where they they were able to find and dig up the body and burn it. Bro, that's so nuts. Right? I feel like people, I feel like these one-off encounters get brushed over and they need, they need to be, um, have more attention paid to them. Absolutely. You know, somebody that, that last one right there, that is fucking nuts. Fuck yeah, it is. That is, that is vampire trope one Oh one. And you would think that, like, you hear that case, and it's made its way, it's clearly made its way through the line, down, word of mouth, through through stories, whatever, from for the last 150 years, to the point where you found it, you'd think motherfuckers would go and look into that shit. Oh, absolutely. Because that's 
that is crazy. Yeah, I mean that that originated in 1875. Yeah, so it's not. It's and not we're talking that old. about it in 2023. Yeah, it's it's what 150 years old, maybe. Right. Yeah. In in to the Which point is to a where drop in a hat in, in, in regards to time. Yeah. Like they legit said, we shot it while it was attacking us. We found it in a cemetery in a grave. <laughs> Dug it up and burnt it. Come on. Yeah. I, that's why I like. That's why I buy so many of these. I, I have so many books that I'll never read, but it's those it's those little gems that you find in there. Yeah. You're like, what in the fuck? Yeah. What happened to these people? Yeah. Like, where would you even? Where would you even come off as making that up? And in the way, like the short format of it, it it's almost like I just envision somebody going, "This is what happened." Okay, that like I don't have any more to tell you. Like, yeah. This is you, what happened. You can't even play it off as like, oh, they they murdered someone, so they're going to make up this story like, oh, hey, we shot Billy Bob, but we chased him back to his grave in the cemetery where <laughs> right. we dug. They're like, no, Billy Bob wasn't dead but bef- yeah, he, before you shot it. He didn't have a plot in the cemetery. No, because he wasn't dead. Like, this person had a plot in the cemetery. It's fucking awesome. Like, What? <laughs> Absolutely awesome. <clears throat> there was a another account that I found in, from Lock Maven, and it's actually from 1991 plus, so it it, oh. it spans forward. There was a guy, a gentleman by the name of Tom Robertson, and he investigated the woods after hearing reports of animals being drained of all their blood. He would end up encountering the creature that was doing all of this. It apparently was a tall figure dressed in sacking with a hood over its head. It was described as having black eyes and a gray face. The creature jumped into the trees and swung away. Years later, he supposedly went back looking for the creature and was able to find it again and also take pictures of it. I was able to find the pictures. Now, like any paranormal picture out there, it essentially shows nothing. It... It does depict a creature or a, a humanoid figure in sackings with a hood over its head. However, it could 100% be a hoax. Or it could 100% be a vampire. Or it could 100% be a vampire. But it's taken from a side angle. Like they saw it walking Bro, up ahead. It it doesn't show anything, and it could, like I said, it could pull one, that shit up, Jamie. It could one hundred percent be somebody fucking around, because you can't just look up <clears throat> Tom Robertson, Lock Maben, uh, vampire picture. I'll, I'll be able to point it out as soon as you show it. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I was able We're to going find to Lock Maben. I mean, I'm down. I'm down. And it is like a daylight picture in the woods, um, but it it was it was cloaked all the way. So, I mean, technically the sun, yeah, it's that one. <laughs> it's yeah. like Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's that one. Um, is, I mean, granted, hundred percent could be a person. It yeah. it legit looks like a person, but vampires legit look like people. Vampire, so. yeah, vampires are are people. Yeah, if you say. Hey, there is a cloaked vampire that wears a hood out here in the forest drinking blood. 
this is what I expect to see. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna, you I'm not gonna I mean? dispute that at all. No, that's oh, dude, that's so. Let's go. I, Where the I'm, fuck is Lock Maven at? It's Scotland. So, yeah, you're gonna have to drug me. I feel like Lock. We could, oh, bro, we could go hunt Nessie, hunt the Lock Maven vampire. I'm down. It's a dual trek. I'm down. I'm down. It's a win. You just just have the drug me before I get on the plane. Well, we're going to create a teleporter. Or that. I'll definitely, I'll do that before I fly. That's creepy. Um, I was able to find a few other stories as well. One involves an individual in New York. They, they were, this, this story is kind of a little wonky, but they saw a man and in the moment of seeing this individual, I'm going to try to paint this picture for you. In the moment of seeing this individual, it was almost like the person seeing them got like a download because the 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 word that came to their head was vampire. It just like screamed in their head. From there it was it was weird. It seemed these two began to form a type of relationship. They would end up spending the next few weeks together just talking and it seemed that the person was trying to always hint to the submitter as to what they actually were. And in one conversation, he ends up letting information spill saying that he's been actually been alive for over 400 years and he's, he's unable to go into the sunlight, which is vampire trope one one. And after about a month of knowing him, one day this person goes home, wakes up the next morning with almost like the MIB memory loss situation, stating that all the memories of this person were like hazy at best. And over time, these memories began to kind of clear up. So the submitter actually ends up going back to where they had met. And and he kept going back to the same location, trying to meet the same person over and over. And he was never able to find this person again. But the submitter was, it was under the impression that this vampire, so to speak, was able to try and hypnotize them into forgetting about them. When... Like I said, when and when he tried going back to where they met, he was never able to find him again. I think I've read something similar to that. Which that plays before. into a lot of different areas as well. That's yeah. It almost it almost kind of further pushes that that metaphysical energy. Yeah. Sort of psychic vampire. It's almost like an evolution. Yeah. I'm also curious as to. <clears throat> We hear all these cases of it being different animals and sucking blood. I wonder, I wonder how makes you wonder about the chupacabra is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Could that essentially be a vampire and people are seeing it in its changed form? Oh, I didn't think about it like that. That's fucked up because you think about it. But I it, like it. You have one chupacabra that is the lizard, the, the yeah. reptilian kind of yep. uh, creature. But then you have the other one. That's the mangy coyote kind of creature. It could be, one singular creature taking different shapes. I like that. I like that a lot. A vampire. I like that a lot. 
<laughs> that's that's fucking gnar. Let's hear it, Hollow Cult. I like that. I like that. Um, I found a couple reports out of New Orleans, the mecca for the strange. Uh, we got to go to New Orleans. There was, uh, well, that's, that's New Orleans is another place for New Age vampires to reside as well. Like there are covenants there. In a weird coincidence, we had someone either email us or send a message inviting us, telling us that we need to get to a conference in New Orleans soon. Well, let's fucking go. I'm probably fucking vampire, bro. I'm elbow dropping vampires. <laughs> <laughs> put a put one of them fucking the rocks elbow pads, just soak it in garlic. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm also going to wear a bandana of garlic and just Crispin oh, Wall headbutt. And then, then you take the water bottle out, like Triple H, but it's just full oh, of holy water. Yes. So you put it in your mouth. And you, yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Love Triple H. <laughs> um, anyways, I found some reports that are interesting, to say the least. In 1933, on two different nights, police were called to the Royal, to Royal Street. On each night... There was a woman found in an alley with their throats torn out. In both cases, the women had apparently just died, but there were no sign of blood at the scene. In one of those cases, a resident that lived above the crime scene had witnessed a dark figure bending over the woman. They began to scream for the police, and the dark figure climbed over a 12-foot wall like it wasn't even there. Both murders to this day remain unsolved. That's weird. It's got some Jack the Ripper vibes. It's right. got some uh, Spring Hill Jack vibes. Yep. Oh, that's a terrible combination, Jack the Ripper and Spring Hill Jack. Right. Dude, that's weird. I'm about to look into that. It's um, got some true crimey shit, and that's my 1984. First love. Apparently, nine people were found in and around the French Quarter. They all had their throats torn out. Once again, no blood was found in the area. And as before, the what? case remains unsolved. Maybe it's coming out every 50 years, bro. Fucking weird, right? Damn. It's 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 Pennywise. Check this out. It's Pennywise. Check this out. This one's fucking wicked. <laughs> Supposedly, vampires also have been seen and engaged in Afghanistan by soldiers. Yes. The people of the area are very superstitious and have legends of all types of creatures. But in some areas, they are more terrified of vampires than the Taliban. Well, yeah. Sometimes people just go missing in the area, especially children. Dude, these people even put their fucking animals inside when they catch wind of vampires in the area. Everybody goes in at night. The doors are fucking... Dude, barricaded, okay. and nobody nobody goes out. I'm gonna go out on a limb here because I know we have some veterans and some soldiers that listen to the show. Please, anybody, please, that was posted up in Afghanistan. If you know about this lore, heard about this lore, experienced this stuff, hit us up, please. We want to talk. So, according to this soldier. All of this has been going on over there for hundreds of years, and most of the world is blind to it. The soldier even claims how they have to be aware, like they were informed to be aware of strange phenomenon 
in certain parts of the country. That is so awesome. Right? Uh, Could you imagine? Could you fucking... Fuck I, no. Hey, I can't imagine being a soldier and being over, you know, in, yeah, it's, in, it's in enemy territory and shit. But on top of that, like, you you have to look out for your ass constantly. On top of that, you're getting briefed, and they're like, oh, yeah, if you go up here to this north quarter, you got to watch out for the vampires. Yeah. You go over, over here. Over here is the Bigfoot, yeah. or the, uh, the Giants. Yeah, you got to watch out for the Giants over here. Uh, down here, we got some something fucking going on. We don't know what the fuck this is. But you, they, call, like, they call it the gin. Yeah, I'd be like, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Um, the soldier... You can protect yourself from the Taliban. How the fuck are you going to protect yourself from the vampires? Bro, I don't even know, man. Um, the soldier says, quote, guys are scared. You're damn right. They know there isn't a thing anyone can do about it. If one of them decides to come after you, you just stick with other people and hope for the best sometimes. Another soldier that says... goosebumps. No. Oh, dude, it's fucked. I didn't... Uh, if I... I, I wouldn't like if I knew dudes don't sign up for that. No, they don't sign up for that shit. Fuck no. Um, another soldier would come forward to say they live. These vampires live deep in the desert and they look just like a normal person. However, most of them are a bit taller than normal people. And most of them are women. Creepy. It also kind of sucks because the journalists in, in this article, he more or less alludes to more. Because he's like, listen, I've witnessed levels of disparity that were hard to imagine. However, the only time he thought he was going to puke over there is when this soldier approached him and shared the story of Afghan vampires. He's like, 20 minutes with this guy sent me running to the men's room. I'm going to have to dig into that. That's a case in itself there. Dude, if we can find the actual story to that, um, we're fucking running that. But, uh, bro, it's it's so, like, the dude makes it sound like it's so, like, what he, because, dude, like, you could sit here and tell me fucked up stories and me not have the urge to, like, go vomit. But, like, there has to be way more to that situation where he actually goes and, and, Pukes in the fucking Dude, bathroom. So fucking nuts. Um, I even was able to read a story, and this is just fucked up. But the CIA used a vampire psyop against Philippine insurgents. The people of the area believe in the Aswang. Yep, Aswang. Which is apparently an umbrella term for shape-shifting evil creatures in the Filipino folklore. It includes vampires, ghouls, witches, viscera suckers, and transforming human-beast hybrids. Well, the CIA decided to use this against the people, and it worked. They had a pile of dead, mangled bodies with holes punctured on their necks all set on the side of the road in a busy area. So, essentially, what these guys were doing, I'm going to improv for my notes here a little bit, but essentially what the CIA was doing, there was a insurgent group, and the CIA was devious enough to infiltrate the insurgents. They would kidnap an insurgent, take him back to headquarters, 
kill them, hang them upside down, drain them of all their blood, and put two puncture wounds in their neck. Hmm. Then they would sneak back into the insurgents area and drop the body off. And they would keep repeating this process because the insurgents were so fucking terrified of these creatures that every time, so they would say they had this town, they would they would drop bodies off in this town. The insurgents would be like, well, they're here in this town. We have to leave. They would fall back to another town. And the CIA just kept doing this until eventually the insurgents are like, that's it. We're done. We are not fighting the, the military and these fucking vampires. We're not going to do it. We're done. We give up. Done. So what you're telling me here is an alphabet agency of the government is using a supernatural entity the idea of a supernatural entity to manipulate people. Yes. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it is kind of relevant, right? Yeah, it sounds like something <laughs> that might be going on right now. It's weird. It but is weird. I also read stories about World War II. I don't know if they're true or not, granted, you know, but that the Allies would um, find, uh, they would catch whenever the Nazis and the Soviets were together, they would take prisoners, kill them, skin them, hang the skin from the trees, and then down the pipeline, they would tell a prisoner, like, there are monsters in these forests here in Poland or wherever, and when they find you, they skin you. And then they would let the prisoner go. He would go back and be like, yo, <laughs> shit. And as we he, ain't as, fucking going over as there. As he was going, he would see the skin hung in the trees, and he's like, fuck me, okay, I need to get the fuck out of here. Oh, dude, that would be terrifying. And at that point, I wouldn't care if it wasn't a if it wasn't a monster. Even if it was just humans doing that, yeah, that's still terrifying. Yeah, like, I'm not like going I'm there. I'm, I'm not out. dealing with that. You guys, you guys, like, yeah, you're a whole yeah. new different version of. Yeah, it's insanity. a monster, regardless whether yes. it's human or it's absolutely paranormal. Absolutely. Um, I just want to dive head first on this whole like vampire thing, dude. It's it's boss. I almost want to go like do vampires 2.0 and find like. You should current accounts and you should be there was one account that I found that I didn't really write it down. I'll kind of run over it loosely here. Um, and I didn't because man, it reminded me way too much of 30 days, 30 nights, a movie, but it had to deal with this. I think it was an Alaskan village way up North. Um, apparently they had run-ins with vampires and, I don't know, some black ops group got sent in there to annihilate them. They found them in a cave. And I guess what would happen is I think they were dynamiting the area or whatever, and it actually ended up dethawing one of the, or a couple of the vampires. That's why they wreaked havoc on the town. Uh, it's a whole <laughs> big story, it. right? It, it. It, was, it was a fucking cool story. But man, was it way too close to that movie. Um. I think it had to deal with fucking good vampires from UFOs. We're about to get real, yeah. we're about to get real fucking fringe Let's here. Let's fucking do this. Um, it, it, I think the town was, if you wanted to look it up, it has to deal with a town called Caribou, I believe. I just put Caribou, vamp, Caribou Vampires. Like I said, cool fucking story. Might be slightly embellished. But whatever. Um, but yeah, in the end, like I said, I wanted to give you a little bit more of 
lure and encounters instead of your typical Elizabeth Bathory, you know, consuming the flesh of victims and bathing in their blood, Vlad the Impaler, which in some circles is attributed to Dracula. Uh, apparently he would impale his victims and sometimes take his dying victims, sit them at the dinner table and dip his bread in their blood slash other people's blood and consume it right in front of them. Kind of, um, just terrorizing them. But you know, it's, it's in closing, it's, it's funny to me when it comes to certain topics is especially including vampires here because people in America have been so desensitized to the topic and they'll throw all types of shade at it. However, people across the globe have stories of these creatures and centuries old stories. Furthermore, if you were to remove the word vampire from any of, of, of these stories and insert Dogman or Bigfoot or Grace people, for whatever reason, accept it more. They're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a fucked up yeah, Bigfoot it's, story. It's been, it's been overly commercialized. Right? And then the, it's, just, it's just weird. And then, But if the fact that it deals with vampire, it turns into this, this woo-woo bullshit story. And in the end, all I really know is that I'm glad that Steve and I don't perceive the world that way. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that we can sit down and, and talk about these topics and just a have fucking fun with it. But I don't know. We just, we just find that level of enjoyment out of them that a lot of people are like, well, this is fucking stupid. That's not a fucking ghost. That's a, you're just seeing shit that ain't there. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Like, who, how how the fuck are you an expert? Stop just being stop. so closed minded. Yeah, just in, just enjoy it, and if if you have the ability to see it from a different angle, talk about it. You don't want to be a dick. Yeah, uh, I love the stories. I've always loved the lore of vampire and werewolves. I think they're, I think it's awesome, uh, and I'm I'm super curious because I know there's a lot of people out there that are more knowledgeable in these fields and and can tap. Um old lore a lot easier than I can. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I would be more, I'm kind of curious to dig into the Afghanistan section oh, of the world, man, the Middle, yeah. Middle Eastern world, because there's so much fucking crazy lore over there and stories and encounters and just, I don't know, like this is just further once, you know, makes me want to look into it. Because like Steve said, you got... I'm ready Bigfoot, to die. There are uh, giants in this sector and vampires over here and just, I don't know, just sounds awesome. So I'm ready to dive into some vampires now that Bro, it's uh, cool. we just had this conversation. It's wicked. Um, it's too wicked. I'm going to close in, since, we're, since vampires are so commercialized, I'm going to close in with my five favorite vampire movies they are not by any means the best or any of that since but they're not in any order i'll see if my favorite one is on your list yours is going to be blade no actually it's not but that is Uh, that is in the top five i was gonna say okay top five for sure 
my f- top five favorite are going to be the Lost Boys. I'm a kid of the 80s. Fuck yes. It's got to be in there. Um, after that is 30 Days a Night. I thought the vampires in that were just brutal. Uh, just the whole premise of they're not, you don't have daylight to look forward to. Excellent. John Carpenter's Vampires, probably one of my favorites of all time. The vampires in that, the tropes are so cool. And in them, it kind of reminded me of the uh, Afghanistan vampires. They actually buried themselves during, uh, once sunup was coming, they would bury themselves under the dirt. That's to keep terrifying. Uh, let me in or let the right one in. Awesome vampire story. Never seen that one. Um, it's essentially about a preteen, 12-year-old boy who's having all this trouble at school, uh, getting bullied and shit, and he's just this little outcast. Well, this new girl comes to school. He makes friends with her, and she does not fuck around. Right on. And probably OG Nosferatu, because for the time period, that vampire was creepy as a motherfucker. Yeah, uh, you, you only had like one of mine, and that was Lost Boys. Hell yeah. I'm curious to see what your. What uh, I don't. Are. I don't think I have a five, but my top ones, and they're fucking way cheesier than yours. Um, Lost Boys, and I'll go ahead and say Blade because Blade's dope. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed. Call me cheesy. I enjoyed the Underworld series. Oh yeah, I forgot about that too. And then probably my my all time favorite vampire movie. Queen of the Damned. Oh, I was gonna say she was she was on there. I love that movie. It, it was on there. I love that movie. Yeah, that one that one's dope. If you haven't uh, if you haven't seen John Carpenter's Vampires, definitely check it out. The way that they're portrayed is awesome. They're just brutal. Same with Thirty Days a Night. I've seen that one. It's it's dope. But uh, we're gonna I'm an action hero kind of guy though. Yeah. So okay. a lot of mine are action hero y. Um, I think we're going to dive into this again, like do a Vampires 2.0. Yeah, let's go. Creeping through this book I got here, and dude, it's it, it goes on some fringe shit, let me tell you. I mean, the, the title of this one here sounds promising. Yeah. Um. So thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, hope your work week goes great. Uh, we appreciate all of you. The entire Holocult. In closing, check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord the whole nine stay safe stay weird and my little out here is going to be i just flipped to a specific page in this book and i read the first paragraph and it is some heavy heavy shit let's fucking go all right i'll just read this it says a person who has opened the door to other dimensions by ignorant actions must learn to shut the door by a deep trust in the light when we pray seriously we make a connection with the light the words are not important, just the act of trust and the seeking of protection from evil. 10,000 crosses, 100 Bibles, 600 mandalas, 500 dream catchers, and a million candles will never have any effect if the soul seeking protection has no relationship with the light. Bro, that seriously sounds like us. That's terrifying. That's what I thought. I'm like, we are, we are fucked. We are fucked. That's exactly what I was going to say. The same verbiage. We are fucked. See you, Holocult.